welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Tyler Taylor. It is about 11 o'clock at night in South Florida. The weather is sitting at around nice, cool 84 degrees. But, as I always say, regardless of the time, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So, let's start talking. So this is the first chance I'm actually getting to talk to you guys since the NBA draft. So you so you're really kind of getting my first reaction. Um, I was waiting to get a, a a guest in here, but scheduling purposes, we really couldn't quite link up the way we wanted to or sync up the way we wanted to. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna get him. It just means I'm not getting him as soon as I wanted to. But you know, as they say, I can't stop my show because of him. So the show must go on. So I have to get something out to you. So here we go. We are going to talk exactly about what's going on in the NBA today because obviously this is the hot topic. This is the hot button. This is what's going on. We're talking about everything from the first pick to the second pick to the third pick all the way to the 10th pick. Yes, I ain't skipped the fourth pick. I am a Knicks fan. We're going to touch on that too. We're going to talk about all these free agencies that's going around here. And we're just going to finish up with just everything in one big lump nutshell. And then we're going to take it home and send you guys off to bed. Man, <clears throat> can I tell you? <laughs> Listen, like I said, I'm a Knicks fan. You guys have heard this before from me. So, my reaction to the Chris Porzingis pick, I'm not going to lie to you. It was pretty similar to David Rappaport's. But you have to kind of understand where I was coming from beforehand. Because, no, trust me when I said, I did some research on Porzingis beforehand. And it wasn't much research. I had heard a few things. Be- I had heard a few things about him. So I looked it up. But before we even get there, you have to understand of where I was coming from at the time. I already kind of told you guys of the things that I really thought that the Knicks were going to need to build this team. I thought they were going to need some leadership in it. I thought they were going to need a point guard that... That was definitely a pass-first kind of guy. And if they can get their leadership for that point guard position, then that will be great. I didn't see a lot of options for it. Maybe Drogic was going to be the best one. But then if not, they'll have to get leadership kind of from that big man position. A lot of something like a Marcus Aldridge or a Marcus Saul. So when I'm looking at the draft, I also believed that Winslow... At some point, basically, I thought the order was going to be Okafor, Winslow, and Russell. In that order, I thought those were the three best players in the league. So, sorry about that. To see Russell fall, not only pass the Knicks, hurt. Because I'm like, you can't pass up on who I think is the second best player. But to watch him fall to the heat, that really drove, not really even drove, because the knife was already in there, just turned it sideways and jiggled it, jiggle it, jiggle it, jiggle it, and (laughs) that's what really, really hurt, but let's go back, I really thought they were going to need a young guy that was going to 
really take on the load of the dirty work that we know that Melo doesn't do. That really ball hawking kind of defense. That that really really hustling for offensive or defensive boards. You know, getting up underneath your man, getting out on the break and getting the easy points. I really I wanted to see them put somebody like that with it, but also somebody that can take some of the pressure off of him, handle the ball, get to the rim and score some points. Did I at any point think that 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 Wilson was gonna be like some seventeen points per game guy like Dwayne Wade and them boys were? No. Did I think he was gonna give you about twelve points a game? Yes. And his energy alone I thought would have been infectious enough to help spark something more in New York and anybody you draft is gonna be a project for two to three years. Yeah, but some people give you a little bit more right away and you're able to see it. That's what I really thought Winslow was gonna get. And the fact like I said that yeah, he went to Miami really hurt. Now let's get to the Porzingis pick. Porzingis once again, as I said, my reaction was very similar to David Rappenport's. If <laughs> if my words if probably weren't identical. But once again, that's also you know now my expectations. Now, having those same expectations, that poor Zingas pick didn't even start to look better to me until they got Harvey Grant. Is it Harvey Grant? Is that what his name is? But until they got Grant. And that was because Grant helped address some of the needs that I thought that the Knicks needed. As I, some of the needs that I just told you, that I thought they needed a leadership, that they needed some leadership. They needed a pass-first kind of point guard. And I didn't know much about Harvey, but as soon as I started hearing about him, I started realizing that with this pick in the draft, it made Porzingis an even way better pick for the Knicks. Because now... Now, and let me back up before I even tell you about what it makes Porzingis. But no, let's actually just go right into it. Because now it makes more, it makes Porzing, the Porzingis pick more valuable. Because now you get somebody that, if he really is that scorer, which like I said, I didn't want another soft European guy, but that's not what I really thought I was going to get. Once again, I was looking for somebody with ball hawking defense. So when I call him a soft European guy, it's based off the fact that I don't think that he can provide ball hawking defense on perimeter players. See, there were things that I was look I was looking for for them to address, and I thought they could have easily addressed it with young talent that you didn't have to pay for, versus going out there and having to spend eight to twelve million on veteran talent on the same thing. So, the Grant trade really made it better because. As you start, as you, as you automatically heard him talk about Grant, it was a three to one turnover ratio. He's a pass first kind of guy. Um, he's already been in college for, for for four years. He has that pedigree. He has the knowledge of the game. He has great court vision. You know, you know. So he is one of those top tier point guards that they thought was coming out of college. So when I see him, I'm like, okay. You pass up on Winslow. You pass on on Imute or whatever that guy's name is that I can never <laughs> fully pronounce. That other, but that other high-ranked point guard, and you go for the seven-foot-one guy that's gonna cause problems. Now, 
let me tell you what I knew about Porzingis that once I found out about Grant, what made Porzingis such a well, such made such a good trade for us. If he really can be, if it, or if he really is this seven foot one phenomenon that's gonna cause problems, you, there was one quality that he had that I really liked hearing that he really grew up with that point guard mentality. He was really athletic. He was. And I think I, and I and listen, I don't I don't have scouts. I don't have none of this, so I just have to keep my ears buzzed in. And the one person that had something really insightful about him out of anybody else before the draft was Mike Lupica. And, and a little bit about Colin Coward, too. But really was Mike Lupica. And Mike Lupica had a guy on his show that he coached, that Mike Lupica coached as, you know, I, when this guy was younger. And he is now playing with, and he now played with Porzingis in this international league. And he tells you that he has incredible handles, meaning that he can dribble, he has an in and out move, he's athletic, he plays above, the, he plays well above the rim, not just for, because of his height, but because of his athleticism. That was key, that was good to know. Because, you know what athletic kind of point guards that mold themselves into big man ultimately remind me of when you talk about low end, high end? Kelly O'Lenick at the low end, who I'm still kind of waiting to blossom, by the way. But that's Anthony Davis. Anthony, And I'm not saying he's going to be Anthony Davis yet. But it reminds me of him. Because I wasn't, I'm not worried about being 7 foot 1 and 220 pounds. Because if you knocked every single person that came into the league that was 6'11 or taller, 6'10 or taller and 220 pounds, then we wouldn't have Kevin Durant. We wouldn't have Kevin Garnett. Listen, we wouldn't have Marcus Camby. Even, even, even. Ooh, I almost forgot his name. I, I don't want. I don't want to say Dirk came in that light. But yeah, Kevin Garnett came in that light. I know that for a fact. Marcus Camby came in that light. I know that for a fact. I'm gonna say Dirk Nowitzki even came in around that same around that same. Weight six, you know, seven foot two twenty ish. So that weight really didn't concern me because if these players are really serious about their job, their you know their work ethic and being a star in the NBA, they'll work through that or they'll overcome that as they grow into their bodies. And listen, they may never get. Listen, he may never even get more than... Oh, Anthony Davis is the other one, too, by the way. That came in about at 6'10", 220 pounds. So, <clears throat> they'll grow into their bodies. And if they're serious about their profession, they really won't ever really gain more than about 30 pounds throughout their career. So, if you're looking for him to be 250, 262, 72... Remember, the days of the heavy big man is out of here. So, if you get a big man at 240... He's on the heavy side. When they're on 220, they're not really on the light side anymore. They're just, oh, I guess you can say, like, I guess they're just, a, they're just the big men on the light side. And that's okay because we know that they can grow into about 225, 230 and be leaner, get more muscle. And they'll be able to handle their own for years, like the hopefully like the Cambys and the Garnets have been able to do. Granted, we all know that big men have come up with a slew of other issues, you know, with their lower extremities, but the ones that make it, they make it, and they play for a good decade, 
at, at reasonable levels, if not high. So I'm not mad at the Porzingis trade or Porzingis draft pick. But that was really because Grant helped put it into perspective. Because now, <coughs> excuse me, when you get a guy like Grant that is able to share the ball and run an office, now whether he's learning from Calderon or he's learning directly from the Zen master himself, you know that he's not in there for the gimme purposes of it, but he's in there to get the others involved purposes of it. And that's always good because, end of the day, Melo always needs guys that are pass first really around him than they are shoot first. He just needs guys that are capable of making shots, but, uh, but think pass, pass, pass. So then, with that in order... And the Knicks now locking up their their two draft picks, or you know, or selecting their one draft pick. And getting Grant was was a was like I said that didn't sit well with me initially either. I mean, not for nothing because of the fact that it took away Tim Hardaway Jr. And Tim Hardaway Jr. was I guess is more of a fan favorite to me. Like I really wanted to see him flourish because anytime you get a six seven. 215, 220 athletic shooting guard. I'm just thinking, like, if you mold him right, especially when you have Phil Jackson there molding you, you can get a Jordan or Kobe-like result as long as that person have that has that work ethic to be better than good, meaning that they want to be great. <laughs> so... That, that was really what I wanted to see if Tim Hardaway Jr. could bloom and become a Nick. Even though in the back of my head, I always had a fear that he was going to leave when his contract was up and go be a Heat. But that's a completely different story. And that's a completely different fit, um, fear. And I no longer have that fear because he's no longer with the team. But like I said, even that slowly passed or quickly passed when I found out more and more about Grant. Because finding out what Grant is... Help now with how I see the free agency line. Um, I see the free agency shaping up for us because as I talk about the things that we need, we need some leadership. We need some uh, athletic bigs. You know, we need some. We need some. We need a. We need a tough guy. We need a guy that's gonna hustle. We need some some definite leadership. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna stress leadership, leadership, leadership. And now you start hearing okay. Who, who are the people that want to come to the Knicks? And then who are the people that the Knicks want to get? And that's when you start splitting your pies up. Now, we're hearing that David West wants to come to the Knicks. Now, David West handles a lot of things for us. He gives us a, he gives us a low post presence anytime that you need to put that ball down low. He's going to get you about a good six to eight rebounds a game if he still has any kind of legs underneath him. Listen, he can go on for years and hopefully learn from somebody like Zach Randolph, work on his conditioning, and just be an anchor down low for years. But even on even on top of it, I said he gives you some leadership, he gives you some toughness. He may not give you the hustle, but that toughness and leadership that he brings makes people want to hustle. So that takes a lot of pressure on Melo from that locker room standpoint and just really allows him to go out there and lead by example of what he produces on the court from a productivity standpoint, I guess to, to be redundant on, you know, with my words, but that's really where it's going to boil down to. 
is that Melo's just going to have to lead and show that, yes, he can still do this at a high level, and that's going to motivate the guys around him to continue to play hard because they say, okay, this guy is still going to do it, so let's go out here and do it too while they take leadership or they take orders bought from Zen Master and Derek Fisher and on the court, a guy like David West. Now, now you start hearing about the other guys that are coming along. And now, part of the reason I told you I kind of wanted Wilson was because I wanted somebody young on that perimeter to really to, to get in there and want to hustle in areas that Melo may not want to hustle from at the three position. Well, if the guy like Carroll still wants to come, we all know that Carroll will do all those things. Carroll runs the floor well. He gets he he crashes the boards well. He looks for his man. He sets the pick. He he likes to do all the hustle work, all the dirty work with the hustling. So he fits now. And now when you start thinking about it in your head, where you're talking about, okay, Calderon, Grant, Larkin. That's at the point guard position. You don't have to go out there and try to overpay for any more point guards. You got guys like Tobias Harris in Orlando and Carroll in Atlanta that both want to come to the Knicks. And both of them are young, tenacious, kind of get after it kind of guys. Like that, like I said, are willing to put in dirty work at Mellon really isn't putting while still putting up productive points. So that kind of locks up your two shooting guard positions. Once again, this is if you're able to get them guys. Right? That's now a good five spots on there. You have Camilla Anthony and you have Clee Anthony early, right? Those are now seven spots. Now we're talking about, <clears throat> you know, Chris Porzigis. And we're talking about, about ninth spot now. I think Bargnani is still under contract or he's going to opt in, I believe, because I believe that he has a player option. So he's going to be on there. Now we're talking about 10 spots. And now we're looking at possibly now bringing in, did I even mention David West? They even mentioned David West. So there goes 11. Right, because he takes over power forward. Now let's say we get lucky and we get let's say a Greg Monroe in there, because at that point, if you get the David West and you get the Carroll, you're not gonna have much money left for a lot of things. But you would have addressed a few possible areas. You know what I'm and then you just have to go look at cheap guys. Like I said, if you have a guy like Aaron Nafalon that, that I heard that they're talking to. He can he can get a decent contract, I believe, can fit in there too. <sighs> then I've mentioned some guys before, like like um 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 what's his name? Not not Derek Favors, but Derek Williams. Seeing how how much his price tag is worth, seeing if you could get him and mold him into something productive. He's a semi-athletic big. This it didn't come with much, but came with a little bit of something. So there are pieces. So there are more and more pieces out there when you talk to this free agency class that the Knicks can piece around, especially since the fact that they have so much salary cap room. You would hope that there's something for them to get. <clears throat> but then, because you know you're not gonna get none of these big names that are out there. I'm not. I'm not thinking we're gonna get Marcus Aldridge. Maybe. Greg Monroe, which I still, who I still kind of like. We're not gonna get Dwayne Wade. We're not gonna get LeBron James. We're not gonna get Kevin Love. I mean, all these guys that have opted out of their contracts. Like, can you believe? But I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that in one word or one sense, we all knew that 
LeBron James is gonna opt out as many contracts. He's gonna do like kind of like like what Jordan did at the tail end of his contract or year, you know, yeah, ten year of his career. Sorry, or the tail end of his career, where he's just getting these one year or two year contracts. We know one and one, one and one, one year guarantee, one year player option, one year guarantee, one year player option. Just keep doing this until he just hits to that point where he's the fifty million dollar man, basically. But what's gonna happen is that, like even with Dwayne Wade opting out, what you're gonna see is that, and I'm surprised. I really am surprised that Dwayne Wade is opting out too. And it's funny that I I haven't gauged any more Heat fans since then to really find out how they feel about it. But how they should feel is why is Miami BSing? No. Listen, even I feel that Dwayne Wade should only get about 16 mil because he's only giving you about 75% of the games. So, if, like I said, if 20-something mil is a max contract, like 20, 21 mil is a max contract, keep the number simple. If 20 mil was a max contract, he's playing 75% of the games. If you cut the 20 in half and you say 7.5, then okay, 7.5 times 2, that's 15 mil. So somewhere around, for this for 20 mil, you're talking about $15 million a year. That's what you're going to get for playing 75% of the games because you're not going to get 20 mil. I'm sorry. We know what you did, but what are you going to be able to do if we lock you up for five more years, for three more years, for four more years? Because what you're looking at is that, let's say they signed them for three years, you're talking about playing 150 games in three years. I'm sorry. In two years, there are 160 games. So what you're saying is that you want to pay, you, you should really only get paid about $40 million for three years. And if you still break that down, Mr. Wade, <laughs> you're still talking about somewhere in that what's that now 13 million dollars now you're talking about so be careful what he's looking for because i don't see any team really going after him. and it's funny right because we're gonna because i'm gonna talk about both of these topics because i'm hearing both of these things because i pay attention to both markets it's <clears throat> what they're saying about Dwayne wade and they're already they're already reporters or Radio personalities writing him off and talking about, yeah, send him to the Knicks. Let's see what we can get from the Knicks for him. Are you serious? And then I also hear the same things talking about Melo. Oh, listen, how they would love to get Melo down here. Or Melo possibly going to Cleveland. Or how <laughs> how they should trade Melo. Let's get this straight. Now, at one point in time, do I remember hearing Melo actually say or the reports actually say Melo wanted out of New York. I heard one guy going a tyrant that Melo should ask for a trade, didn't hear Melo ask for a trade. Heard that Melo was upset about the draft moves, about draft the the draft night moves, which I can understand. Once again, maybe not about the Porzingis trade or or the draft pick. But what about the Tim Hardaway draft pick? See, everybody focuses on the poor, on on the Chris on the Chris pickup, right? On the KP pickup, but nobody's talking about the fact that 
as soon as he heard that Tim Hardaway Jr. was traded, he called Tim Hardaway Jr. He to express his uh, how upset he was about Phil's draft move because he's upset that Tim Hardaway Jr. is leaving. That is a draft night move that he is upset about. But no, you want to put it directly at PK and make it sound, sorry, KP and making it seem like that this was something that's directly at him. Well, Melo's like, what beef? Because Melo said it himself, what beef? No. Listen, I worked. He saw the guy work out. He he did every, He he went through all the numbers with him, all through all the exercises with him already. He knows how he feels about him. He needs to see him just playing the game. Because listen, not for nothing. Let's just hope that the Knicks fans or Knicks, and I'm including myself, that we don't get Darko Milicek. You know, what I mean? because Darko Milicek, from what Chauncey Billups said, did everything you can possibly ask for him to do in practice. But after playing with him and for two minutes, knew he was not going to last in the NBA. Let's not hope that KP just was able to do everything you ask him from him in practice. And all of a sudden, he gets inside the game and he can't do anything. Because who cares what you're doing in practice? It's practice. Yes, we're talking about practice. Practice. So, while you keep wanting to speculate that Melo should leave, and, or Melo should ask to, um, to come out of there, or Melo shouldn't be asking for any kind of favoritism, I don't remember him asking for anybody's sympathy or selling out a hand or saying, oh, worries me, worries me. He said he wasn't completely happy with a draft move, which players all the time aren't happy with, especially star players, aren't happy with moves that the offers make. Jordan has never, ever liked a move that their, his team was making, it, but it just happened to get him six rings. I don't see Melo being really upset about the draft pick more than he was upset about the draft trade. But... Even that would eventually work itself out as we as it buys time, and this whole thing about like I said, these these guys are gonna move. These guys are gonna want to move. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Camilla Anthony. Not them necessarily gonna want to move, but you you see what's happening. Camilla Anthony did what he did this time, exactly what he did last time. While everybody waited one more year to. Out of their contract or to wait to see what they do in contract. Melo took the initiative and signed his one year early. He's like, you know what? I don't want to be part of this wolf pack work, work of noise. And he takes care of his business ahead of time. He commits ahead of time. And he says, okay, let's go ahead and see what's gonna, what, what we're going to build here. Because at the end of the day, he really did sign up to trust in Phil Jackson. And we all signed up right now to trust in Phil Jackson. Listen, we're... James Dolan is shelling out $12 million worth of trust to Phil Jackson right now. So, until we see this process absolutely have no shot whatsoever, then we just can't shun it. We're just going to have to sit here and follow in blind faith until it blows up in our face like we were Stannis Baratheon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking it in. That's how blindly we need. Like we are just gonna have to just keep burning whatever we need to burn until one day we realize, you know what? We've officially burnt the last bridge, and this isn't gonna work. But it's too late. We're halfway through our fifth year, and we're, and we're just now realizing that Phil's that Phil's vision was blinded by the sun that he still sees in LA.
or his old school style of triangle basketball. But, it, but the funds are going to start all over again in a couple of days. In a couple of days, the free agency starts up. And all these teams and all these speculations and all these rumors that we're hearing, well, some of them are going to come to fruition. And some players are going to get signed. And we're really going to see who's going to go where and who's going to get signed with which team. But more importantly, Phil Jackson's job picks back up again because the draft was just was the draft. Now let's see what stars you can start attracting in New York. Because this is going to be the intricate part of your rebuilding process. Because you can't pick up four, five, six players in the draft. We didn't have that luxury. Especially people that are going to help you win now. You can do that in free agency. I'm not telling Phil to go out there and blow his load. And spend every single dollar that we have. But you need to spend enough money in the right areas to show that the Knicks are going in the right direction. Because as much as Knicks fans really want to say that we, we have the patience for rebuilding, we do if you tell us that you, were gonna, that you say we are going to rebuild. When you say that we have a plan to win as soon as possible and you only have five years to do it, then guess what, homeboy? You've already, you've already coughed up two of them. Or you're about to be in your second one. Your window is, is shortening very fast, which means that results need to start coming by year three and year four. And by year three and year four, you need to be setting this up for the next six years. I want to see this rebuilding process really start to happen. I'm going to have my patience. My patience is thin. You have to remember, I'm from Brooklyn. And <laughs> there's one thing you know about Brooklyn. We don't... Our tempers or our fuses aren't the longest. So hopefully next time on the show, the next time you hear me, you get to I get to have a guest for you. We get to talk about the we get to really really get into these draft picks. Right now you got a you got a kind of light version. I just really, just really wanted to talk to you guys about what was going. And, and you know, this is really really wanted to get out there, but really what needed to get out there. But hopefully I'm gonna have my guest on here. It's, it's really, it's really special guest. It's a dear friend of mine, by the way. It's somebody that actually has worked on radio before. He's done shows for one of the local colleges. So I want to get him on here, get his perspective. You know, he has his own little quirks and little idiosyncrasies, the way he sees different teams. And <laughs> this is it's my Jew buddy, man. Like I like I keep saying that we should have we should have a show, right? And like it needs to be called something like blue, like the black and the Jew. <laughs> I know, I know that's offensive, but it's it's just what it is, <laughs> you know. Like let's call it blue, and we just we play the blues to to open up the show and have all kinds of bluesy kind of thing. I can't actually, I can't even do bluesy kind of thing. You know that nobody will listen. I'll put people to sleep. It's late enough as it is. This has been running for thirty minutes, but this has been the mighty sports minute. I am your host once again, Talon Taylor. Thank you for listening. Listen, regardless of what you do, just remember to party hard, remember nothing, and enjoy everything.